little disclaimer, guys, first. Uh, see, my sermon's in red. What's that mean? Words of Jesus, right? Let's hope, huh? Wow, if someone would have just told me such and such, I wouldn't have such and such. If somebody would have just told me such and such, I would have such and such. Ever said stuff like that? Wasted time, missed opportunities, mistakes made. Why didn't somebody just tell me? Well, there's a book. Been saying stuff for a long time. Ben. Ben's been saying stuff that Ben needed to know for decades. Actually, millennia. It's always been there, still there today, always will be there. And it says this These things happened to them as examples. And were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. It was written for us to guide us, to save us from consequences, to show us how to win this game called life. And we just don't take advantage of it enough. I'm going to talk about wisdom today. If you want to open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, pretty much every scripture I read will be from Proverbs, so... You know us guys, we only have 5,000 words a day as well as, as opposed to you ladies have 25,000 words a day. So I'm not going to keep saying Proverbs over and over. That's just where they're all going to come from, all right? I'll have a couple of them different than that that I'll cite. But uh, if you want to turn there, you can. Or if you just want to jot them down because I'm going to machine gun them at you. And uh, there's so many good ones in there. I'm just going to throw them at you, okay? I'm going to talk about wisdom, David Haynes, a couple weeks ago, you might have remembered, talked about wisdom, right? So uh, I thought maybe I'll just try to outdo him. Oh, can't, be, can't be done, right? Can't be done. Uh, I did listen to his uh, sermon because I knew it was on wisdom. Very great, uh, insightful. So I just thought I'd follow up and uh, hit it again. And I hope that uh, I'll just ride his wave maybe a little bit. Everything written in the book is designed to save us from the mistakes that are so easily made out of ignorance. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. The knowledge is there. It's available. Probably collects a little bit of dust on our shelf. The weak link is probably us not seeking after it. It was written. It was designed to help us take advantage of the opportunities and to ensure that more opportunities come our way. Always been there. And the Bible wants to just occasionally say to us, you're doing the same things that destroyed your ancestors. Don't you want to change? Don't you want to save yourself? Get on a different track? In the book of Proverbs... It says that wisdom sets herself up at the crossroads where everybody walks, where everybody's at, the hub of everything. So she's there for the taking. She hasn't hidden herself at all. But yet, even at the crossroads, everybody walks by and doesn't partake. So the issue is, 
not ignorance. The issue really is rejection. Rejection of what God wants us to hear. Now, I tried to... I tried to fix this in my life. I didn't want this. I tried to rectify this in my life. And I learned very quickly, and not probably as quickly as I should, that, that I don't have all the answers, that I need to admit when I am wrong. I learned how to say sorry without any strings attached. I learned how to say, will you forgive me? That I need help. That I need advice that I need counsel, and that I must continue to learn my whole life. In short, I came to the point where I was trying to be a seeker of wisdom. And part of that quest led me into the ministry. I like talking about this. I like talking about the wisdom that's contained in the Bible. And early on, when you go to study to be a minister, you just think, wow, I'm going to convert the world. Everybody needs to hear this. And you learn when you get out into ministry, that's not really the case. Not everybody's really searching for wisdom. Case in point, Kenny. A couple churches ago, Kenny was the treasurer of the church. Not when I was there, but previous to my arrival, Kenny was even an elder in the church. But occasionally, Kenny would, and I remember three times specifically, Kenny would clip his fingernails in the church service. And his fingernails were the equivalent of steel-toed grade work boots. It was loud. First time it happens, you know, it's just, you know, things happen in church sometimes. Second time it happens, you get a little warm under the collar, right? And the third time it happens, I can remember that third time the words were out of my mouth from right up in front of church, but somehow, by a miracle of God, my tongue wrapped them back in, because <laughs> uh, it would have wrecked me and ruined me. Kenny was a member of a huge family that was at that church, and I tell you what, it was everything. Kenny never really listened to sermons. A lot of people don't do that. Kenny really wasn't a truth seeker. It wasn't something that he wanted. People, even people in church, are not overly concerned with applying wisdom to their life until, until their life comes crashing in. Then, there might be all, then they might be all ears. And it took me a while to learn that. But God knew it all along. And so did his wise servant Solomon, 1512. A mocker resents correction. He will not consult the wise. 18.2. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but he delights in giving his opinions. kind of like that one. It's funny. (laughs) 14.9. Fools mock at making amends for sin. But good will is found among the upright. There's a key right there. Good will. Good will in figuring out other people and figuring out relationships. Good will is a motivator to seek truth. 
And the scripture there, Solomon says, that's found in the upright. But the person who doesn't seek, obviously he never finds. But it's because he doesn't seek. He has rejected. How about you? I would like to talk not only about wisdom today, but here's another idea. Teachability. Would you say you are? If you're not concentrating on being teachable, chances are that we're not. Jesus said that the vast amount of people aren't. He said the road to life is very narrow. So few people find it. But the conventional road to destruction is wide. All kinds of people on that one. Jesus said, consider carefully how you hear. He said, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. In a parable about the rich man and the beggar, the rich man is down in in torment And he looks up into heaven and he sees Abraham. And he says, ah, man, can you rescue me? Father Abraham, rescue me. Could you at least just give me a drop of water down here? I'm in agony. Abraham says, I can't do that. Nobody can go from here to there, from you to here. There's a big chasm that separates us. And so the guy asked, then I beg you, Father, Abraham, send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, Well, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said. If someone from the dead goes to them, then they will listen and repent. And Abraham said to him, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets... They won't be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. you got to search to find. So listen, I'll say it again. If we have to think about whether we are teachable or not, that's probably a good indicator right there. Would you say you're teachable? I want to help you today overcome that. also like to give some inspiration alongside of that. Going to learn about wisdom one way or another, but seeking it out is far better. We have two choices in life on how to learn wisdom. There's two instructors. Both are very effective teachers, and as top flight instructors, they're also both pretty expensive. Cost a lot. The first teacher is wisdom. The second teacher is consequence. We learn a great deal from each of them, but it doesn't come cheap. And there's a big difference in their instructional styles. For one thing, consequences, the enrollment is very expensive, and the ongoing tuition is sky high. Now, I want to be fair. Consequences, teaching method, is proven and effective. It's hands-on. It learns by experience. You personally learn the lesson in consequences, and you don't get passed on until you learn the lesson. It works. But by the time we do learn the lessons, that tuition has cost us perhaps a marriage, perhaps a family, perhaps a job. 
perhaps well-being and a way of life that younger years looked upon with anticipation, but now we've lost hope that it might be gone. 13.13, he who scorns instructions will pay for it, but he who respects a command is rewarded. 13.18, he who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Poverty and shame. It is a shame that we can't unpack today how much shame affects each and every one of us. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. Proverbs 22.3, the prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. But the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Hey, save you from consequences, but allows you to be forewarned, take precautions. That's pretty good. Consequences and wisdom. Two teachers. Let's look at wisdom for a second. With consequences, the expensive enrollment is paid on the back end. With the school of wisdom, the front end enrollment is the one that's expensive. And it is why so many people are deterred from an enrolling in that in school. By listening to wisdom, we save all of the heartache. It requires discipline, obedience, consistency, and time. Your four favorite words, right? Discipline, obedience, consistency, and time. Costs a lot. But once we invest in that tuition, wisdom then pours out all of its tremendous riches on us. 1916, he who obeys instructions guards his life, but he who is contemptuous of his ways will die. It's pretty simple, really. We learn the lesson before we make the mistake. That's what wisdom has to offer us. By listening to wisdom, we save all the heartache. And by learning, we don't have to suffer like those who've already made the mistakes. But not only that, but we don't miss out on the opportunities. 19.8, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who cherishes understanding prospers. Wouldn't we want it that way? Wouldn't we want it that way? You like yourself enough to seek wisdom. Let me just challenge you for a second. Make a commitment today to seek hard after a better way of life. Make a commitment today telling yourself, I want something better. Relationship, work ethic, personality. I want something better. Make that commitment to do whatever, to read whatever, to find out whatever, to enroll in the school of wisdom. All right, now the problem that gets in here and mucks all of this stuff up is teachability or, or the lack thereof. It's this. Nobody likes to be told what to do, right? Solomon said it like this, 29.19, a servant cannot be corrected by mere words Though he understands, he will not respond. Wow. With God inspiring Solomon to write that, 
He thinks that God has a whole lot of experience with people who can't just read and heed his word, but that they got to learn the hard way. It's right there contained in the wisdom. Solomon says it. A servant cannot be corrected by mere words. So Solomon is telling us, might as well just give up on that. Nobody's going to be corrected by your words. Nobody wants to be told what to do. It is a frailty and a fault of the human condition. You're not going to tell me what to do. People are not teachable. So what do we do about that? Well, it's not on you. It's on them. But let's like make sure that you're not one of them. Nobody likes to be told what to do. But the book of Proverbs and the Bible itself is a book that screams, save yourself, be teachable. It challenges you to be okay with criticism and teaching. Pay attention and listen to the sayings of the wise, it says. Apply your heart to what I teach, for it's pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I teach you today, even you. Here's another one. Listen to your father who gives you life, who gave you life, and do not despise your mother who, when she is old. Buy the truth. Do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. Here's another one. Honey from the comb is sweet to the taste. How many of y'all got some honey from Louis? Where's Louis? There he is. It's delicious, isn't it? You know what the next verse says? Honey from the comb is sweet to the taste. Know also that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, there's future hope for you, and your hope will never be cut off. That's 2413. The Proverbs challenge us to be okay with being told what to do. It tells us the importance of being comfortable with correction, criticism, and the like. We need a church full of people who are okay with correction, people that are okay with that because they want what is right. They want to be the best husband. They want to be the best wife, father, mother, person, honest, genuine to the core. People who want and seek after truth and not church fingernail clippers. Here's Solomon again. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. That's the NIV. He who hates correction is stupid. The church at its best has a corrective personality. It is supposed to stand as an immovable rock in the current of the world. Oftentimes it takes some heat for that. But honestly, don't we want a corrective church? Of course we do. A church that doesn't correct doesn't get people to the promise of full life. A church that doesn't correct doesn't care enough 
to save people from the pain of their indiscretion. You hear that? Two kinds of teachers, there's also two kinds of pain in life. One moves you forward, the other sets you back. They are called this discipline and regret. The kind of wisdom the Bible calls us to live by requires discipline. You've heard this, no pain, no gain. When the Bible, while the Bible doesn't actually say that phrase, it mimics it. Living wisely takes painful discipline. It's not easy. The rewards don't arrive when you want them to. And often, you'll have some persecution for what you stand for. Often, what the Bible tells us to do is the last thing that our flesh really wants to do. It's hard. But the pain of wise living costs far less than the pain of regret. That's the other one. The pain of discipline gains us the wisdom and the other regret It's not worth it. Listen to what Paul says about regret. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. That's great right there, isn't it? Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. These were people who were seeking after the truth because they just wanted what was right. Are you one of them? So help yourself out today by living wise so that you don't look back on the days with regret. Love yourself. Love your soul enough to do what it takes to avoid regret. 1532, he who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. 1920, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you'll be wise. And the last one I'll give you, 1710. A rebuke impresses a man of discernment more than a hundred lashes a fool. What do you think? Are you conventional in your thought? Or would your thinking fall under the umbrella of biblical wisdom? Are you teachable? A truth seeker? Hunger and thirst for what is right? There's a lot of conventional thought out there. You're familiar with that, so I am not going to spend any time on that. But there are some things in the Bible that are spiritually discerned by wisdom, and you can't understand them unless you are seeking them out with teachability. We heard about Barabbas today. 
It's good for you and I to understand that Barabbas is our father in the faith. He's the first one in which God substituted his son. Do you know that he substituted his son for you as well? And so a man died instead of you, instead of you. The approach to that in wisdom is to restructure your personality around that. Relationships will go a lot better if you do. Do you know that bar means son and abbas, abba, means father? So the son of the father was crucified that day and the man named son of the father was let go. You also are a son of the father and you have been let go. What have you done about that? The Bible calls you to go against your flesh. It takes a lot of wisdom. What have you done about that? The Bible tells you to take up your cross. What have you done about that? Paul challenges us to share in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. What does that mean to you? That truth and that wisdom, and if we heed those words, will radically, radically change our personality. Radically change our life. It will radically change our approach and perception of the difficult trials and the difficult people in our lives. It'll place you into the sovereign hands of God instead of your own hands and your own plans. This is the way it's supposed to be. But how many of us desire to share in the sufferings of Christ when suffering comes? What's your approach? What's your plan? How do you react to it? Pieces of wisdom littered all throughout this book but they are shrouded and they are hidden from everyone with the exception of the ones who seek. You are promised that you'll find if you seek. Your teachability means everything in this. Teachability is the desire to learn. Teachability is, I don't care. Give me constructive criticism. Give me difficult life trials. I got thanked the other day by my wife of about three months now. She thanked me for how I was responded to her one day, and I just said, every minute with you is a wonderful journey with you. She does the same back to me. Not a good week for Mr. Pastor Ben, right? <laughs> Not my best week. Yet here she sits. Yet here she holds my hand. Yet here she encourages. Her approach to my weakness is that we are in this together. This is the journey. Trials, people, suffering, all those things are going to come. 
The scripture, if we heed, tells us they are going to come. It promises us this. Why would we make this mistake of not approaching them with wisdom? Why would we not ready ourselves to be able to handle them in the way that Christ would want us to? We should have spent more time talking about Jesus and how he responded and reacted to all of the difficulties, all of the difficult people, and no less his own death in a cruel, cruel manner. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's wise. Wise. You have a wise God that uses your mistakes, shortcomings, and sin to your ultimate and eventual advantage. He knows full well you will not be corrected by words. So he stretches his arms out and allows his son to die on the cross for you in hopes of wresting you away from the conventional and putting you firmly on that narrow path that so, many, so few find. Will you go there with him? You can come on up, Owen. Will you go there with him? It has always been here, and it has always known that you probably, Ben, wouldn't be the best listener of it or listener to it. Always there, always available, but so rarely heeded. Could we be different today? Not only the words of wisdom, but the one who was wise himself. His stories and contained therein. It is fully there. The call and the challenge is also there to become more and more like Jesus, the Son. To be his disciple, one who mimics and imitates him. To sit and to learn from him. To be guided by his spirit that now resides inside of you. It is all there available, all there for the taking. And every day, not a day goes by where we can't take advantage of it. I pray that this will be your day. You can go ahead and stand. Song of invitation. I'd rather have Jesus than anything in this world. Think about the words as we sing. Heed the words as we sing. Father, help us to be sober in thought. Help us to be teachable. God, teach us how to be mindful, but yet mindful of the things of you and your Son. Lord, let us apply. Let us heed what we hear. Let us as a, as a family and as a group of people that fall under your name, Lord, let us just be okay with hearing and heeding your word. Do something different on the inside of us, God. Let us be heart listeners. Let us have ears to hear. Let us consider carefully how we listen. Let us pay attention 
more to you and what you would have us do so that we can rectify this problem of our flesh, God, and get it in line, bring it under your authority, be in control of it ourselves. God, in all of this, we give praise to your Son who did it all so well. In his name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.